Welcome to the group podcast by Sin Eaters Guild with HR4K and Contact Coffee. Okay, we are here. It is Friday morning uh, and we are, we are blessed this morning. We are blessed because we have Nick here. Uh, that is why from the video views you can't see anything. Uh, Nick's still screwed the nut for himself and uh, his future by not showing his face. Uh, how are you, Nick? I'm very good, uh, Gaz. Uh, you're very kind saying you're blessed and it's very convenient uh, considering what day it is. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh. Wow, it's all going on today, mate. Relevant. Yeah, <laughs> very relevant. Hashtag relevant. <laughs> it's Good Friday. It is Good Friday. Well, I'm having a good Friday so far. Um, good. So Ben and Luke are busy today. That's why we've got uh, Nick's jumped in, which is good if it's been a while since you've been on. It's it's sort of crap, isn't it? Because you're, when you're working, you're kind of disconnected from contact coffee in general and, and Luke's doing most of you know the day-to-day stuff and yeah. you're also disconnected from this. Yeah, it's, it's um, I'm sort of like a, a parent that's sat on the side of the pitch watching a kid play football. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just watch the world pass me by, so I see you guys uh, shooting the shit, and uh, I have points I'd like to add to the, the conversation, but obviously I'm not involved. And then uh, so, same with contact coffee. Um, it's it's uh, it just grows up, growing arms and legs without um, without always my input, which is it's frustrating, but um, at the same time it, it's. You know, it's it's still happening. It's still moving forward with uh, Luke's input. So, yeah, yeah. I suppose it's the nature of the beast. Nature of the beast, isn't it, mate? Yeah, totally. I mean, I must. I would imagine that must be, you know, make it frustrating at times. Um, so, I mean, you're lucky that Luke is doing a good job, but I don't know. These are like the formative. This probably is, this wasn't actually what we're going to talk about, but this is these are like the formative years still of the brand, aren't they? It's those foundation years, and you kind of watching it I mean it's not like you don't have any input is it but it's day to day it's not you know so, so yeah the, 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 way, the way we do it at the moment is we'll do we'll, our ideas are still both of ours it's um, it's the processes I suppose that have been put in place so um, for example Luke's been dealing with inductions this week and you know he's he's done the introductions to uh, the new employees and I've just not really had much input, um, so I've not managed to meet them. And it's all the process people are going to get uh, used to. Um, you know, you, like uh, people in the business are going to see how it all runs but with without me being there. So when I rock up and start going, right, I don't want this happening this way. I, like, Who the fuck is this guy? Um, yeah. So, it, but it, it's. I know Luke. Luke and I. Um, I think one of our strengths is we've got similar tones and similar ways of doing going about stuff. So I'm not worried about how it's going to get done. It's just, uh, I suppose, a bit of guilt, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel. Mate, like, yeah, yeah. I feel for Luke in a way, and like this is not anything to do with this. I feel for him in that he's he's having to 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 do things that I haven't had to do yet. So employee wise. That process of going from not employing anyone or employing friends and family like I do to employing outside people from outside the circle of trust, normal people from the streets, going through all the, the administration side of it, the legality side of those things. Like he is kind of doing that 
I mean, I know Ben does that stuff, but I don't think Ben actually does it. Yeah, I know he employs people, but I'm not sure how much input Ben has himself into that. Like, I, I feel like when I actually employ somebody, which, yeah, outside of the family, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm probably going to have to go and have a brew with Luke because he's going to be a SMB on it, all, on it all. And he's had, he's kind of had to do that first out of all of us. So I think, yeah, so actually um, it, it, we've seen the benefits from this. So we've brought on um, Dan, who is our head barista, and he's um, just, he's coming in with experience from, you know, from the coffee world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and he's done inductions in the past. He's been, been part of induction. He's also hosted inductions. He's, um, he's, he's know how, he just essentially know how a business should run. And he's just, uh, gripped it and we're learning a lot from him so if you look to bring in say um exclusively mates um or people from you know the armed forces who've got no experience but you know they're going to you know graft and put a certain element of work effort in and then it, it, it's it's great but i mean experience it from the actual um the business and the, the trade you like it's it, we're just in a, a massive benefits from it mate it's been really good actually yeah, I think it's because it, you could have a balance, haven't you? Because I, I don't, I don't believe in the only hiring veterans and all that sort of thing. You know, you have, agree with hiring the best person for the job. But I think you've got to have a balance of like we all, we've always kind of prided ourselves as as companies as we kind of take pride in the fact that we don't know what we're doing and we just try to do the we do things the way that we think they should be done, and that mm. works to an extent. But you also, there's also things ticking the box wise that you do actually have to do. And it's not, you've got to balance it with going in with this cookie cutter, this is what businesses are supposed to do format um, with the, well, actually, do we need to do that with the, the kind of way that we look at it? Well, is, is this stuff extraneous? Are we doing that because it's always been done that way? Or can we do it a better way? It's that, it's that balance between what you have to have to be to not you know mess your business up and keeping that that sort of free free flow. Yeah, I, I see exactly what you're saying. So I think when we certainly when we first started business, we thought um, if you're going to start a business, you must have an A level in in business, and you've you've got to done marketing uh, some sort of marketing degree, or mm-hmm. and, and that that's that's like the traditional route to business, and that's what we thought. And we um, we but we were just at the same time like. Like, fuck it, let, let's see what we can do off our own back. And, that, and we sort of learned it, learned, learned the business world. And it's just not the case. There's just so many bloggers mm-hmm. out there and people who haven't done these uh, different educational routes. To, so, um, yeah, I think I think it's uh, the way we've gone about it is sort of learning on the go has been good. But uh, yeah, we do need to be bringing experience in every now and then. Yeah, so, okay. Um, well, we I kind of decided what we were going to talk about. Well, I threw it open to the the group. What we're going to talk about was sustainability. Mm. And you instantly came back at me and said, "Have you seen a certain documentary recently?" And I said, "No." Yeah. So, have you actually watched it? Have you watched, so if you don't know what we're talking about, this sea conspiracy, which is a the sequel, as opposed to the cow conspiracy. Have you seen it? I have seen it, mate. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, have you have you what have you watched it yet, guys? No, I, I can't. Yeah, I probably should, shouldn't I? But yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Cowspiracy either. But I feel like I have from talking to, you know, Hannah, or my mate and uh, ex-customer service chick. 
I feel like I have, but I haven't. So, so he, he um, one of the key things that gets brought up in it is um, like sustainable uh, fishing. So um, how, how to go about sustainable fishing and is sustainable fishing actually a real thing? Can it be achieved? Uh, and he argues no. Um, so I thought that's where the you know the sustainability uh, um, topic came from for this week. But I think it's I think it's a good documentary. I I, I don't know enough to have any points to argue against it. Um, but some of the stuff that he presented could be questioned quite easily. Um, yeah. but, but at the same time, it, like you know, pictures don't lie. Like what what you see there in front of you on on the screen is, you know, it, it shouldn't be happening. So it it certainly throws up some interesting ideas and questions. Okay, um, but but the, the, there's a cowspiracy one as well, isn't there? Yeah, this just it. it's like you have this. There seems to be this. It's, I don't really watch any documentaries on Netflix because I I know from seeing other ones in the past. I've sort of used to do it and I stopped. I feel like sometimes I know as soon as I put it on where this is going. I know what the endpoint is. I know that it's going to be fairly one sided. I, there's always the agenda there. Like if I'm going to watch a documentary, I'd rather doc, watch a documentary that talks about both sides, talks about facts, and that yeah, the, I'm, I'm left to make up my mind, not being, not be told what I should be thinking, and tr- people trying to persuade you of it. I just don't find that as mm. as fun. And I think unfortunately, what we've got nowadays is uh, when something is nicely packaged on Netflix and it all looks great, and it's like. Some of these things are kind of like, you know, when you just read the headline of a clickbait thing and you make up your mind. I feel like you're sitting there and giving an hour and a half to this clickbait thing that just wants you to look at it and it's going to try and persuade you one way and it's going to, it isn't going to give both sides. Um, Yeah, I just, because who's got time to sit and actually research this stuff? But if you do, a lot of these things, there are arguments against. There are, you know, there's arguments for these things that they don't necessarily disagree, but they'll just lay it out in a more balanced manner. You know, because I, I think this is kind of where I was coming from in the states sustainability thing. So I'm sure everybody would agree that it'd be nice if the world stayed uh, as close to how it was when it fucking turned up as possible, if that's a, a really stupid way of saying it. But yeah. we are, you know, there's definitely changes happen to the environment and some of those are caused or at least made worse by us. And it'd be better if those things could be minimised. That's kind of where I am in it. Uh, I think... I think you have to be honest about it. And this is... I'm going to sort of link it to business, but the, the thing that actually made me bring this up as a subject, was seeing the remnants of the gatherings we had the other day when everyone, the sun came out and everyone went out and there's just, you know, rubbish and shit everywhere because people went, yeah, fuck this, this is mega, I'm getting hammered, I've been in my house for a year, I'm coming out and I've got no issue with that whatsoever. You know, it's it's not the ideal scenario, but I certainly for young people, I have no issue, really, if I'm honest, whatsoever, with them feeling like we need to get out. We've had a year of our life taken off us. I know first world problems has been worse things in the past, but the year of our life taken off us, want to get out and see the mates, I want to have a party. I, 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 I sympathise with that. But 
I kind of feel like a lot of these people would be the ones telling me off for eating meat and uh, not caring quite so much about the environment. And we see it with like, do you remember the Extinction Rebellion protests and all that stuff? Exactly the same yeah. thing. Just shit yeah. left behind. I feel there's an element of hypocrisy. So I think if, we, if you're going down this road, you have to be honest about it and have that integrity. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So it's, um, I've seen the images as well. And uh, it's, it, first of all, it's, it's frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating to see. Um, it's, you know, the, the, the parks are just absolutely covered with, with shite and it, it sort of downplays the fact that you know I'm spending a couple of minutes of my day cleaning jam jars in the sink to then put into the recycling bin um, and you've got you know and the, the amount of people doing across the country doing, doing that across the country they're doing their bit mm-hmm. and then people are just quite happy just strewing all their gash um, across mm-hmm. these parks um, it's uh, it's incredibly frustrating and I'm, I'm sure you agree some of the some of the shitholes that we've been to, um, you see similar stuff, similar gash piles uh, and on the streets. So uh, yeah. a place place uh, I've been to in particular, you'd be driving down the road and there's be like just mounds on the side of the street of just like carrier bags, gash bottles. Um, you, you you see people just, you'd be talking to someone um, like a local national and they just throw for like a bottle on the floor in front of you mm-hmm. and uh, or a bit of gash and if, you, if someone did that in the UK I, I don't think I don't know whether you noticed but someone did it in the UK you oh, come on mate but yeah, you're going to pick it up or you, or you pick it up for him yeah. uh, and that, that's a culture you're going into and I had this argument uh, with, um, say argument discussion with someone at uh, um, a social distance party um, uh, during the, the last easing of the lockdown and I said you know why why are we putting all this effort in but cleaning the jam jars you know recycling what everything we have to do separating and taking the time to do it not that it takes much time anyway mm-hmm. if when we go to these countries that are densely populated we're talking hundreds of millions um these third world countries and they'll literally just throw in gash in the street there's no uh they've just got no respect for the, the country they're, they're just chopping down plantations and mm-hmm. um you know what what was the point and you know, it it just makes it, it just makes a point. Uh, like it just, we're wasting our time. And his comeback was, and I don't agree with it at the time, but then I thought about it. And I kind of do now. Is education? Mm-hmm. They've just not had access to the same education, uh, or, or been um, not education in like math, science, English, but more they've not been educated. That that's a wrong thing to do. It's not been a push from their government, yeah. from their families, um, and then. If you switch by back to what we've seen in the UK fairly recently, uh, where people are just ditching gash in the parks, it, I don't, I don't. Is that not being informed? They're not being educated. Is there not enough information out there, or is it not pushed on by the parents? Um, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think that's. I don't. No, I mean, with these countries we're talking about, you know, I've, yeah, seen exactly the same thing. Uh, and we're talking about education. I think it's, it, it probably is an education thing, but I think it's probably also, um, they've got, some of these countries have got bigger problems than where they're throwing their gash. Like I, on a personal level, like I'm not saying that they, you know, if, if there's, there's bins in these countries. There are bins, there are places you can put gash better than just throwing it on the floor. But if you are 
financially in a very bad way and you are, you know, in a slightly more threatened environment than we are here, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a pass that you're not completely down on, on saving the planet. Um, so that's, I'm not giving them that much of a pass, but there is a pass there. There's, I think there's a reason. But what that does do is make it look worse here because here you couldn't be any safer. Yeah, this is the best. Yeah. But people don't like to admit it, but this is the best standard of living that has existed. You don't have real problems. Like some people do, but the majority of people getting up in the morning and worried about where the food's going to come from, the majority, uh, whether they're going to be safe, whether they're going to be able to get on with this kind of life that they kind of want to try and build, that's kind of there for them. So they, I, believe, I think they probably do have the bandwidth to walk to you know to walk to a bin or just not be a drunken dick and we've all been a drunken dick but i think that the, the young people at the weekend and i'm saying young people you assume they're young because that's all i saw it was like fucking magaluf and i live in the middle of nowhere there was literally just yeah it was magaluf um but it's more the the extinction rebellion side of thing annoyed me more because you're they are the people who are supposed to be existing for this, yeah. And there's hypocrisy, and we you never get away with hypocrisy. You can't. It's impossible to live your life without being slightly uh, hypocrite, slightly. But if that's your your end goal is to save the planet and draw attention to the climate climate emergency as you as you brand it then you've, you need to be an example of that in everything you do. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree, I, I agree. Um, I mean, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to say that um, during the direct relation between, you know, the ex extinction rebellion types and these party goers at the weekend or, mm -hmm. or the last couple of days, because we, we simply don't know. We don't, the, yeah. But we're, as, as an element of assumption there. Um, but the, the, the extinct, extinct rebellion. So, if if you look at it, um, like which countries in the world are producing the most money, uh, sorry, the most um, fossil fuels and producing the most gas and ditching the most in the sea? Um, I'd argue it's probably not the UK. And I argue we're, we're doing a lot. We're not not great, but we're, we're doing it. We're, um, we are we are doing doing bits, you know, to try and uh, help the environment, help the world, and you know. As you said, mm. bring it back to um, how we found it. Yeah. Um, but I think it'd be better suited if these extinct extinct rebellion types, um, you know, they they went to you know your Chinas of the world, your um, your Indias, and you know did your exact um, exact same demonstrations there, and it, it, it won't happen because for start, it's easy to do it in UK. Yeah, UK UK is you know one of the is one of the global players. Um, yes, on sits in a lot of the committees chairs. You know the um, so the, I understand it from that perspective. But and we can influence change, but we're not the the single most um, the one of the the top polluters. Arguably, I don't know. I've not seen the details, but you, you say China, India, these densely uh, densely populated countries. Mm -hmm. um, your Nigerias, your uh, you know other African countries that you know who possibly producing more. The carbon footprint maybe you're going to have your demonstrations there but i know it won't happen because some countries will get shot some countries you won't even get into the country because they'll be tracking your 
weeks before you even get there. Yeah. Um, so it's just a bit of a cop out that you decide to do it in in UK and. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I do. Have, obviously, we see that. We see that with all sorts of issues, don't we? I mean, we're not going to. We won't divert too much here, but we see it the same with. You know, we're looking at equality of all types. You know, it's it's pretty good here. It's pretty good. We, you know, we we're, we're aware of those issues, and we are continually, slowly moving forward to making everything better. Uh, you know, you. We've, we've kind of been on it before with the, the whole uh, pride flags above military bases and stuff. It's like, well, yeah, well, we're fine with it, dude. If we're all fine with it here, it's fine. Uh, go to Saudi, see what happens if you try and do that. That's probably, the, they're the people you need to be having a go at. But I've actually singled them out there, but yeah. It's exactly the same issue, dude. It's like, it's taken the, it's easy to be an activist and apply your trade of the thing that you're interested in doing and that's absolutely fine. We all believe and we have to have a reason for living. If that's what yours is, surely you would want to be most effective. And actually, it's very easy to turn up in London, shut a road down and have a party uh, while going off for people than it is to, exactly like you say, fly to another country and really try and affect change and risk the fact that you will get thrown in prison or you will have problems just generally. You might get arrested. Uh, you might get filled in. It's, I feel yeah. like, I think previously, this might just be me, I don't know, maybe we're just old, but I feel like that's what campaigners did a little bit more in the past. If you were going to be an activist and a campaigner, you had personal risk attached to you doing it. And these people do still exist. I just think there's an element of, it's more, I don't know, there's an element of fashion and trendiness and uh, there's also probably an element of virtue signalling. Um, all these things combine to a bit of a perfect storm of a very noisy thing happening that doesn't re isn't really very effective at what it's meant to be. Uh, yeah, and just really just, just doesn't achieve anything. It just becomes annoying. So that, I was told to hand yesterday. That's quite funny. Uh, a guy came up on my Facebook who I haven't seen since I was about 20. And it turns out he is now part of Extinction Rebellion, which is hilarious. Uh, and it, it's kind of not a surprise. He's a nice bloke. But it's kind of not a surprise he's ended, ended up doing that. I've talked to Han. And she was like, oh, yeah, so-and-so's part of that. Oh, mega. Um, I was like, well, look, if this is genuine, if you really, really, really do want to push people in this direction and make them understand and make them convert in a way to what you think and educate them, you know, if that's what you really, really want, then everything about Extinction Rebellion and the way they go around things yeah. is counterproductive to that. Reasonable pe people don't look at that and go, oh, actually, yeah, that's right. They go, I'm trying to get to fucking work and clean that shit up and stop fucking vandalizing stuff, being a cunt. Yeah. Uh, the exact opposite effect. And actually, that's it undermines it. And that's what makes you believe at the end that actually they're a bunch of... And we've spoken about them entirely derogatory. Maybe they do do some good, but that's not the perception that me and you, the average person on the streets who, you know, perhaps needs to be educated on this stuff. I don't look at it. I go, you're a cunt. I'm not interested in what you've got to say. So, so I think, yeah, I think that's quite interesting because... The Extinction Rebellion will bring in 
will attract and um, a, a certain a, a certain crowd, and people will get on board, and people will make changes to their lives and where they do stuff because Extinction Rebellion saying this and that, and you know they'll they'll make us um, you know a, a stronger effort to make sure you know they recycle correctly. Do you think there's if maybe someone who's not um, as left leaning, which I, I, I think we both agree um, the Extinction Rebellion is, and maybe someone from um, someone like a company organization from from the right saying, guys, you know the, the world is in a shit state. Um, you know, like I know a couple of companies done it. Let's let's plant a tree every, for every ten day sacks or have been sold or. Um, you know, or, or, you know, we're trying to make as a company we're going to be more sustainable. Do you think the message coming from those sort of companies, organisations, people who are maybe not turds, do you think that will better have a better and truer voice, or do you think people still turn a blind eye like these um, muppets on the last couple of days? Well, that's a that's a, a good little pivot there because it's it's the the business side of it that I'm mainly trying to talk about. We've gone that bit of a rabbit hole there, but yeah. We, we, with the extinction very lot, we've seen the renter crowd, the renter turd element that's turned up in every protest who just want to smash everything up. And yeah, they do tend to be uh, left-leaning. And we, we don't try to talk about politics on this, but they do tend to be more left-leaning. Um, if So you, a lot of people, I'm sure, would say that big business certainly tends to be at least central and potentially right-leaning because they are there... They probably understand capitalism and they probably are a fan more of the free market, which are kind of traditional right-leaning things, I suppose. I don't really believe in that stuff, but I think that's how people would see it. I think with business, you can't just do things like you've said anymore. So how, if you buy uh, however many of these, we're going to plant a tree. I think all those things, if you probably might, this, I might be talking shit, but this is what I suspect to be true. All those things don't actually make that much of a difference. And it's actually just trying to get your a customer base within that um, cause and hoping that they'll kind of leave you alone because they'll that when the sights of anger get turned on you, then you can say, Well, no, we plant these trees. And I think there's a there's a disingenuous aspect to that. And I think what will probably drive these things with business in general is it tends to be tax and regulation. So the government, well, the, the world in general has decided that this that we have these this green agenda. And it's the same in the UK. Getting to certain marks by a certain time. And to encourage business to do that, there'll be tax, there'll be regulations, and it'll be whatever. Because that's how you that's how you steer business. Yeah. So I think it would become normalized in that way. In that when you do go to the shop, it will be part of the course that actually your stuff isn't made of plastic. It'll be part of the course that the stuff came locally. It, it just becomes normalized, and that's how it happens. I don't think it really happens by people being shouted at. And then, yeah, so, yeah. Go on. Yeah. No, no, I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm just in, want to try and capture that point there. So I, I might, might have muddled up your words, but essentially saying that, you know, for every backpack sold um every day sack sold and planting a tree is more of a more marked employee um yeah. is, that, is that what you believe i would say so yeah it's a market employee um it's exactly the same with any other cause same with changing your profile picture to a rainbow all of those things it's i think 
Yeah, they tend to be market employees and an, an element of survival to keep going in, a, in an environment where things are moving towards a, a, this green future. So I'm, I'm, I, I can understand that uh, aspect. And I, I do agree to that. That's not extent. everybody, by the way. That's not everyone. It's just, yeah. yeah. Well, so if you're um, so if you're saying every backpack sold, I will plant a tree, uh, and the, that aside, okay, that might, that individual um, market there might be a market employee uh, to you know try and bring more money. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to get that day set, that particular day set because I'm yeah. going to plant a tree. But by doing that, you're setting a tone from maybe uh, like a capitalist uh, you know business, and you are saying I, I support. You know the well-being of our planet. So, mm-hmm. do you think the the larger message is quite important when someone's doing that? Um, despite it might be the, the individual um, part of it being a sort of marketing play for you know the the day sack and plant tree. I think it comes down to just being honest. Now, yeah. if you look at Patagonia, Patagonia have been doing this since the start, and they do it very well. You know, they're probably the biggest company you've got. I mean, in the all sort of sphere that we're aware of, they're probably the biggest company you've got who have been doing this. Are like the absolute market leaders in it. You know, don't buy our stuff. We'll send it back. We'll repair it as much as we yeah. can to recycle. They just do everything, and it's it's their core thing. Now that's different to doing it when you're just a, another another business trying to survive. So I think if you're doing that, they can they can they can use that in their branding. They go, look, this is what we're about. It's our core belief. There's a difference between that and another business. Uh, and they do they lead the way. There's another biz- business who is just trying to exist. And it's harder when you're smaller. So it's another business trying to exist. And they know that this, this green thing is coming. It's coming. They've got to try and adapt to it. Um, I think you're better off in that situation being honest and saying, look, we can we can see what's happening here. We've got to try and move in this direction, but I, we can't pretend that we're religious about this. You know, we're we're not religious about the environment. It's not the whole thing we're about. It's, it, it's not that we're trying to do these little things. So yeah, maybe we'll our packaging. We'll make an effort to make our packaging, you know, biodegradable or whatever. And then we'll once we've got that squared, we'll try and sort this out. It's that slow process, but you should never try and make out that you're, I don't think, I think they'd be more successful if they didn't make out that they were some sort of uh, pariah and they're doing, they're, they're awesome at it. And that they really, 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 really care, which is what they all try and do. Because it's like, they have a big business that isn't doesn't have this as their core concept. Turned around and told me, oh, we really care about this. I'll literally go, okay, do you? Well, where's this come from? Where's that come from? How do you get this? Yeah. How do you do that? And we know it's all bullshit. You know, like Apple's a perfect example. Apple will probably be seen as that as quite a write-on company, but we know the things that their phones are made out of and how their phones are made, it's all shite. It's all bad, yeah. bad, bad. So there's a difference between being honest and not. And I think that's so, good. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. Uh, so from uh, if I spin you uh, a yarn from Contact Coffee's uh, perspective, so we uh, we we start the business side. We you know we we didn't care initially what our packaging was. We wanted coffee in our packaging, um, and 
we, you know, ju- just to you know, get it on the, on the shelves, get, get it out, out the door. And it, it wasn't a concern with this, um, the the climate control. Uh, and you know, uh, admittedly, it wasn't you know, a priority for the company. It's in the back of the head, you know, as we're as with everything. But I think as it's been uh, brought to the forefront of everyone's uh, heads uh, in recent times, particularly ours as well, like it's shit seeing. You know the world, um, and it's still, going down to the beach and just seeing a lot of gash kicking around, and we we've started to think, okay, but we might ask um, to get a different type of packaging. We might get, you know, something that's a bit more sustainable, as you say, um, or something that's you know fully recyclable. And that's the way we start to switch fire, um, not because we want to use it as a marketing point, not because we want to say, you know, we're Patagonia, this is our party line, this is what we're about. It, partly it's from I think maybe how our heads have been turned in recent times from these documentaries like Sea Spiracy and um, all these, uh, you know, all, all these different uh, documentaries that are out there. I think that's the way we've naturally migrated. Um, do, do you see that as people sort of virtue signaling, or do you, th- um, do you think that's just going to happen anyway? Yeah, I, I think that's good business. I think this is it's it's, a, it's quite a nuanced point. I think um, I. I we're exactly the same. So, when you were, I think it's harder for small businesses because the reality is, when you're starting, every penny counts. And actually, yeah. the difference 100%. between being 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 able to get a product, make it, get it posted to someone in something, and all those things that is more important. And you have to be honest about this. That is way more important than any other aspect. Can you stay in business? Yes. Okay. Right. I've now got a grounding in business where it's kind of okay. Uh, then you do, you start going, okay. Because I, that's how I see it. I, I, horizon scanning, I look and I go, okay, in 10, 10 years' time, 20 years' time, this kind of stuff is going to be expected from businesses. And the way customers, what cust- as the customer demographic changes, what they expect from a company will uh, be, be here at this line. We're not there. How can I slowly move towards there? Uh, so yeah, we're doing exactly the same thing. Trying to look at packaging, trying to look at uh, where your stuff's made. You know, the whole the whole thing. But it's about it's doing. I'm being honest about it. In that, would I like the world to be a green and nicer place? Yes, but I'm only doing it because uh, I know that that's how my business is going to survive in the future. That's yeah. there's no virtue signal in there. I can't. I, if I told you I woke up in the morning and cared, the first thing on my mind is how's the planet today. It's bullshit. I couldn't give a shit at that level. I just I want to. It'd be nice if the, if the world was a nicer place, and I'd like to stay in business. What can I do? Because I'm going to be forced to move in that direction, business-wise, at some point by regulation and tax. How do I do that now? So you're not buying a city skill product because we are a green company. You're buying it because you believe in the brand and the ethos. But can I enable you to also not feel quite so shitty about where your stuff comes from? Yeah, maybe. But I'll have to move that incrementally and very slowly. So no, I, yeah. I agree with you entirely. You just have to be honest about it. That, that, that's it. I think when it came about for Contact Coffee, where the you know maybe switching directions when we launched our Nespresso pods. Mm-hmm. So um the, the people that put our coffee um, into the pods, we the, one of the first questions we asked was, 
know, can we have recyclable Nespresso pods? Yeah. Um, and we were pretty hard up on it as well. And because um, we've seen other companies do it and th- their comeback um, was, was quite interesting, actually. So they sent a big, uh, you know, blurb of like, why they don't think um, using recyclable, recycled um, espresso pods is economic, uh, not economic, so uh, good for the environment. Yeah. So uh, essentially, if you're recy- using a recycled pod, um, I'll, I'll spin the dirt. So if you're using a recycled pod, the amount of energy it create, uh, is needed to create that single, uh, um, that single pod outweighs uh, the amount of energy that is required to use recycled aluminium. Yeah, it, it, it far surpasses it. Um, so, and they, they gave all the numbers when it comes down to it, and it's you know when people talk about having this these recycled um, bits on your items that you know their their products are recycled, it it's just it, there's other factors that come into play, like how much energy, like yeah, can I throw mm-hmm. that Nespresso pod on the ground and it'll eventually turn into soil, mm-hmm. but uh, to actually make it, 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 it you know, it takes up, it's more damaging to the environment than uh, yeah. an aluminium pod. So, yeah, it's, it's just um, it's some stuff you don't think about on, on face value, really. Totally. And it's, uh, it's I just come up with a nice little uh, term there. While after I broke down, I was kind of proud of myself. It's effect over optics. So, nice. it looks, yeah, I'm good that, isn't it? I'm fucking yeah, I like that. that. Yeah, so effect over optics. So yeah, virtue signaling wise, and be able to to look good as a business, uh, it's nice for you to be able to say, well, uh, all this stuff's recycled, and okay, that's you. You've you've been the the good people police will tick your box, and you'll be left alone. But the reality is, yeah, the actual actual net effect on the environment or what you're trying to make better is worse by doing that. So you have, what's it actually about? Is it, is it about looking like a good person or is it about saving the planet? Yeah, I think you can, you can apply that to everything. But I, I think that will lead me on to something else. So we don't, I don't know enough. So it's your education point. I don't know enough about it, mainly because I'm one man trying to run a business and I don't have the bandwidth for it. So, and I think everybody is probably in a very similar position unless they do really care about this stuff because it will have all sorts of situations like you just described where what you think on the face of it is the best thing to do isn't actually the best thing to do if you want to, you know, if you're thinking about solving the problem and not just looking like you are. So do you need people? Do you need somebody to come in and like assess your business? Like we, I use Han for that. So Hannah... Hannah is like, uh, I've known her since she was like 16. I was 18. We were together for about 10 years, boyfriend and girlfriend for about 10 years. Then we split up and whatever. But obviously, she's still pretty much my best mate in the world, other than my wife. She's my best friend. And good save. Is- good save. <laughs> good save. There's no, there's no issue there. We're cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So but she is, she, her dad's a proper hippie, her dad's an archaeologist. She was brought up uh, vegetarian, uh, not like re- religiously, but her dad's a vegetarian. She's always been in that green thing. It's always been part of her life. And, you know, she's vegan now. She's, uh, she, her thing is knowing about all of these things. That's all she does. She's a hair, she works the hairdressers, but it's like an environmental one. Um, so I, I have her. I get a person who has genuine knowledge 
and isn't a militant idiot. You know, who who she's not a it's not religion a religion to her. She wants to do the right thing. She doesn't care about virtue signaling. I'm able to go to her and say, okay, well, what, what's going on here? Can I, what am I actually best doing with my packaging? What's going to make the best effect? What is the the thing in this, um, around this issue that I, what's yeah. the best thing for me to do? And I, I think that's probably, we're probably all to an extent going to have to find somebody like that to help you. Because because we don't we don't have the bandwidth. If you can get someone as like a consultant and you bring them in and go right, well look at what everything we're doing. What how can we how can we change and, and give me a roadmap? Let's look at the finances. Give me a slow roadmap of where we could be in five to ten years time if we start changing this stuff. Because there's small businesses, it's still a every penny counts type of thing. And doing currently, it's it's fucking expensive to try and do these things because people know there's a premium on it. And people know that it's going to have to happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you're right. It, it, you, there's so many different facets um, of a business that you need to be focusing on, and having an environmental aspect is just it's something that you know we've not even been considered previously. So, yeah, I mean, but having someone there, like, I mean, would it would that be spot by the government? Would it be its own? Like, um, I, I don't know where, where would that come from. Would, would it be a governmental one? I think the government would probably do it on a, a large scale. Yeah. And now obviously they, as with anything, they'd enforce it slowly with taxation and, and regulation. I think it probably would. I mean, that's, we see that stuff. I think, look at what happened. Cars is a good example. You know, so you, you get money back uh, or tax breaks or whatever if you're producing and, and buying electronic cars, whether you believe electronic cars are better for the environment or not. That's the line that's been taken. So yeah. that's how the government is going to try and encourage people to do that. Yeah, I think that stuff will happen. And this is why I think frustrating as it is as a small business to go, right, I've, I feel like I'm on my feet here. I feel like I'm doing well. And then having this, these parameters applied to you of ways that you're going to be expected to practice, not only by you know government and uh, various bodies, but by your customer who've been brought up more aware of these things, of these issues. Um, I think you're just better trying to get ahead of the game and slowly starting to change now because at some point you're going to have this mega business plan where you're ordering everything from China, your Turkey or you know, wherever. Um, and it's all, it's, it's people are going to stop buying. People are going to go, well, I'm not doing that. I mean, there'll always be an element of people who just want the cheapest thing. But... Yeah, it's, it's going to become harder and harder and harder to operate in that, using that whole model. So I think we're better starting now to, to, change, to change. Yeah, embracing a change. I think, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. We, we are we are looking that way. Um, and and uh, judging by your conversation with uh, Hannah, it seems like you're looking that way as well. Uh, I, I completely agree. And I think that's the, the way the society is going anyway. So I think... The migration that will naturally happen. Um, I, I, having someone come into the business uh, and you're know, providing advice, I don't think will be a thing personally because I think suppliers, um, suppliers and people who you know, make these products um, will you know start going that way anyway. Unless you are purchasing from you know China and but certainly mm-hmm. I, I know there's a couple of UK companies like where we bought um, or suppliers even that. 
you know, we procured mugs from in the past that they they were 100% recyclable mugs. Yeah. Um, so certainly the, the Western society is, you know, moving that way anyway if you, if you buy products British. You know, well, certainly. I mean, that's – and it, you kind of have to do it in the best way for your company. So, you know, for me, the best way I can do it is to try and have everything made as much as I possibly can made uh, in the UK. Try and get it made in the UK – from yeah. ideally from materials that come from the UK. So the way I choose to do it is by cutting down travel distance. So that it's, it seems the most sensible way that I can do it for my business. And also, you know, it supports the country that we live in. Um, so yes, we have a lot of US customers as well, but they appreciate the fact that uh, something is made in um the sort of country of origin, if you know what I mean. So we're having stuff made, and they like USA-made stuff. They'd appreciate the fact that we're doing UK-made stuff. Uh, and it, but yeah, yeah, you have to find the best way of doing it and just be honest about why you're doing it. I'm doing it because I think in the future I won't have a choice. And yeah, it's probably a good idea. I'm not doing yeah. it because I wake up in the morning thinking um, I need to go and grab Greta Thunberg and go and fight people who are driving cars. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, you are your actions, so... Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but it's, maybe we should also be honest about that. You can't be perfect. And if you try and be perfect in anything, um, you will, you'll, you'll come to pieces because it's impossible. It's impossible to have... Um, to be aligned perfectly on absolutely everything. And people drive themselves nuts to do it. But you just, and this, to be honest, this is one thing that Han has taught me. I know she's going to listen to this. I'm trying to be nice to her. She has taught me that I, I would always beast her about, she'd be doing one thing and I'd be like, yeah, but what about this? Just to, as a bit of banter. But she just does one thing and tries to solve that problem. And then she'll try and move on to the next one. She knows that she can't be this like religious zealot who has yeah. to be perfect in all aspects. It's doing what you can. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we've done well here. We've had a really interesting conversation. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll soon on? find out when um, when people actually listen to it having their fallen asleep. But um, I, I think I think, <laughs> I think we nailed yeah. a couple of points here that are quite pertinent and we don't like the little shits that put um, all the gash on, the, on our parks. That's a fact. That is a fact. Well, have you got anything else to say? You've got, you must have something to plug, Nick. Uh, we do actually. Um, so, so we've we're just just today we've um, it's, we've launched our drink coffee train harder range. Mm -hmm. So this has been a long time in the running. So we we started the ball rolling this, I think May last year. Yeah. So it, it's been going nearly twelve months, and because of you know lockdowns. Uh, um, we're just trying to choose a right time to release a product. So as I'm sure you'll know, it, you're working on your jacket at the moment. Yes. Um, there's there's a time of the year to release that. Like, but certain products are, are seasonal. So mm -hmm. um, something I'm having a discussion with Luke at the moment about releasing something that's not um, maybe su for, suited for summer. <laughs> but um, So the the Drink Coffee Train Harder range, we're, you know, launched it to coincide with, you know, the, the world opening back up again. And it's essentially a sport range, a gym range. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got shorts, uh, a set of like, technical shorts of bombers, 
Um, that would take a while to develop. The, we've got the T-shirt, a vest, which I said no, but Luke said yes. It's because um, he's got which, arms, though. He's duty wiry bloke, isn't he? Yeah, he's also not got um, obscure um, hairs on his uh, upper back as well, which um, <laughs> you know, for any, uh, any any people who are hairy understand, you, you just can't wear vests. So we've got the vest uh, and we've got the, the coffee. And this, this coffee is going to be our strongest coffee. So it's uh, for our... Our internal caffeine rating is five out of five. So you mm-hmm. think red on is a strong coffee uh, for caffeine. This one is designed as a pre-workout. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's launched today. You know, they've got the video that's launched. Uh, um, that's been posted on our social media. So that's that's our big thing. Uh, Roger. At the moment, yeah, yeah. Who's the duty buff bloke in the in the pictures? Um, so there's a couple. So we've got um, a, a dude from. Bloke. Yeah, so uh, there's a dude from uh, Luke's local gym. It's uh-huh. uh, his mate, a couple of them are mates, friends, people, you know, Roger. we had help with, yeah. Because like, coffee-wise, ca- ca- people don't know, do they, who aren't contact coffee converts. Caffeine, um, the amount of caffeine in the coffee doesn't necessarily equate to it being a strong coffee. Not the same no, thing. So, no, it, this is... So the, you see these sizes charts. You see, see on um, you know like Taylor's coffee, for example. Yeah. Not of Taylor's, but these these um, these these you know charts that you know the one to five, I think it usually is, or one to six. But they they, they relate to um, they, they can relate to you know how dark, how, how strong the actual coffee is. So um, I get a bit geeky on you now. That the the dark the darker the coffee is, generally speaking, means that it's been roasted for longer. So if it's been roasted for longer, it means it's been burning off more caffeine in the roaster. So actually, it could potentially has potential to be less caffeinated. But what it does do is shrink the beans, so it takes more beans to, for it to be say 100 grams of coffee than it would um, uh, if it's been roasted for lo- uh, longer than it would if it's been because uh, the beans are bigger, uh, beans are smaller even. So yeah, essentially, the the more you do to the coffee. Um, the, uh, the less caffeine is going to have. So the, the one to five or one to six, uh, I think, mm-hmm. rating that they've got is, I don't know whether that's uh, how dark the coffee is or how you know caffeinated it is, whereas contact coffee, our rating one to five is uh, the the strength of the caffeine in the coffee. Uh, and, and that's what we're about, high caffeine coffee. Roger. Okay, there you go. That's uh, that's good to know, man. Is it is that going to be available in the coffee club thing? Am I going to be allowed to have that in my box that I get every month? Uh, at the moment, it's not, mate. This is a limited run, so uh, okay. it's, it's only available with uh, the drink coffee train harder range. So yeah, it's we'll only be about for a short period, but we, we can square your way, guys. Cheers, mate. Away. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I was going to ask you this earlier, actually, mate, because it is. I'm, I'm just trying a new way of way, making coffee at the moment. What's your um, what's your preferred option or way of making a coffee? I've done a couple of things. I've done the whole uh, what's it called? Yeah, the, like the glass, the glass thing you pour over. I've done that. Oh yeah. Like I, I do that occasionally when if I don't want to have milk, and I just because I do have milk. I have milk and honey in my coffee, which I know is sacrilege, but it's, I can't drink it how once. Um, yeah. I do occasionally just do. Black and if I do that, I'll use that pour everything. But day to day, it's cafeteria because it's just you know I'm waiting what like four minutes for it to brew and then I'm I'm good to go. Whereas the other one's a real process. 
And sometimes you want to process, but sometimes you just want to prove. So that's kind of what I do. Cafetier would be the the overarching uh, norm for me. There's a lot of beauty in the process. Um, I, I agree with you. So the, the pour over, and I've, I've made my coffee today with pour over. It's um, it's a lot smoother, isn't it? It's, yes, it's, totally. It's fruity. It, you can, I can't. It's my, my taste buds are shit. I don't have a sense of smell. It's my taste buds are shit. So it's the only time that I can actually really taste the, the sort of coffee and the fruity aspect of the like coffee bean is when I'm doing the pour over. Agreed. Yeah, because the I suppose unless you can really, really have like, unless you have really good taste buds, like an espresso, like the Italian way of making a coffee, you mm-hmm. you struggle to pick out the taste. You, you get quite the bitterness, or yeah. you, you do get some. You get different tastes, but the pour over, I think it really does bring out um, some of the, the notes of the coffee. And yeah. I completely agree with you, mate. Um, yeah, so you're a cafetiere at the moment. I'm, I'm a pour over. I think Luke is um, absolutely real, religious on the the Aeropress. I've never yeah. used the Aeropress, yeah. man. I probably should have one of those, but I've never used it. Yeah, he loves it. Um, I was using a Nanopresso for a bit, which is another way of making espresso, portable okay. espresso. But, um, I feel like I've just been going off about contact coffee. What's uh, what's Seg, what's Senior's Guild got coming up now? Well, you've just left me hanging there. So what's the what's the thing you've been trying? You said you've been trying a different way. Is it pour over? Yeah, so it's a pour over, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Um, okay. It's an American company called uh, Espro. I'm, I'm just trying a bit of their kit at the moment. I, so what I like to do, I'm, I'm like the, I'm like the trialing uh, dude for the yeah. office. And you, um, so yeah, currently trialing it. It's um, it, it, it's just there's it, it, a lot of beauty in the process. The coffee is smooth. It's delicious. Um, it's like a glass yeah. glass thing. Like I I would uh, if you put the filter in the top and just pour over. Is that? that it, it's not so. So I'm probably. Um, Luke could probably psych me off later for you know dropping, uh, <laughs> drop dropping uh, bits about our future products. But it's it's uh, it's a metal one, so okay. it can be used. Uh, it can be, you can travel with it, and it, you know not get broken. So it's in line to you know with what we're going back to. Um, okay. You know, coffee on the go sort of thing. So yeah, it's uh, it's a metal one. So just trying that at the moment, mate. It's brilliant, really nice. Roger. That's cool, man. But I have, like, for the future, like, because there are people who enjoy that process. And I know it's coffee on the go, and it's you still want the blokes to be able to uh, be able to make it in a fucking shithole in in a, a shell scrape in a brick and wood block. But yeah, personally, I would probably buy a a glass one that had like a a nice logo or something on it. I probably would. It'd be a bit more high end, maybe. But yeah, that's I would probably buy that. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Serious yeah, guilt. Go on, mate. Yeah, go on. What, what's, what's Seg got coming up then, mate? What's, uh, what's well, not a lot. Not a lot. You know, we're still... I, it, it's, in some ways, it's going to be quite a boring year. Like, until sort of autumn time, it's potentially going to be relatively boring. Because I've... I used... Last year was meant to be the year where I sort of... Um, I cut the product range down a bit and I focused on moving in the direction that we want to go. And then COVID fucked it. So I basically just ticked over last year. So all the things that should have been done by now aren't. So that's what's happening this year. So it's still the case that we dropped the core uh, products down to a minimum of designs um, and focusing on where we want to go. And because that's all in the background stuff, on the face of it, 
it just looks like we're just you know continuing to just sell the same stuff, which is kind of what we are. Um, but it's got to happen. It's it's got to happen in yeah. order to be able to go where we need to go. So yeah, uh, there's a new T-shirt out yesterday that basically came as because of a fuck up that I made. So we had the like one of our def- the definition shirts. We're just doing different color versions of it. We have like a navy, a dark navy, and a gold. Uh, and I, when I was restocking them, fucked up and got the wrong color shirts. And the, the shirt that turned up is actually a lot brighter than the original navy. Uh, we'd run out of those navy anyway, so I've just swapped them. So they're all on the site now. And actually, to be honest, kind of prefer it. So yeah. As long as the customers are down with it, which so far they are, I'll probably keep the new colour. It's, it's is that, nice. Is that the one you've got on there, guys? It is. It is. It's the one I've got on now. I, I absolutely love the, uh, the the yellow punches out on the blue. I love like yellow, orange on the orange on the black, uh, yeah, or no. yellow on the blue. It really, really punches out. I like it. Yeah. Nice so there's kind of that. Um, yeah. And as, as soon as I can get some pictures of the jacket, I, it shouldn't be fucking long. Uh, as soon as I can get some pictures of the jacket and people can actually see it and start ripping it to bits, because it will I'll, it will need a ripping to bits process for a while in order that when it comes out, people are happy with it. And obviously, I'm not going to listen to every everything that everybody says. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's an element, because it's a sample, there's an element of steering on there, and I'm happy to do that to, to an extent. So, yeah, um, that, I don't know, as soon as I can do it, as soon as I can do it. But yeah, day to day, tick it over, man. Just tick it over. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really want to do some shorts, but I don't know if I can pull it off yet. We might do. Yeah, I'm just trying to, be, I'm just trying to focus, man. I'm just trying to focus on the direction and not what is easy to do. I can just go, here's the design, bang it on a t-shirt, get yeah. it out and it'll, buy, it'll sell. I don't want to do that this year. I want to be, get to the end of this year knowing that we can go big into 2022 and yeah it's kind of where we are sweet are you uh and you, you're still doing your lives on a tuesday yeah still doing that lives tuesday nights you come on and are mean to me it's nice yeah it's good so it i've probably not probably not told you about this really have i uh so when it's conveniently when luke and i both it's a coincidence that we're both available we'll jump on and we'll be texting each other in the background yeah. whilst giving you abuse um, on that live. Yeah. That's mean. It's just, it is, it's just mean. Because, I don't know, the, the, the lives have become, it's not really a branded thing. It's, yes, it's me that does it, but it's just, I rarely talk about the brand on there. It's more the community aspect of it, and it's the customers coming on and just having a chat. I'm like, we just talk about anything. So it's, it's if you're tuning into it, expecting to hear about you know, the latest product range or anything like that. You're just not going to. Like, we were, what we talking about the other day? Bigfoot and fucking aliens. Um, it's just <laughs> mental. But it's, there's a fun aspect to it, and I realise that I yeah. don't the butt of jokes on there. But that's fine. I've, I've had my ego is <laughs> absolutely fine. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, um, looking at the WhatsApp group, I think there's lots of things on the WhatsApp group that we need to get in there and start putting some input in. Yeah, I think there yeah. is, mate. Interesting. Okay. Well, good conversation. It's good, genuinely good to have you on. And uh, when Thanks, you meet me when you're driving, I do enjoy that. It's, uh, I know sometimes I'm, I'm, I've got dogs there and I can't talk to you. Or I'm just generally too busy for you because I'm a big dick player. 
but I enjoy the fact that you ring me and we have little catch-ups. No, it's good, mate. Good, good to download on, on each other. Roger. Cheers, man. I'll see Cheers, you. Cheers, mate. Right. Bye-bye.